I see levels moving. I see levels moving, and there's uh, stuff happening. Are you seeing it on OBS? It's yeah. like. Oh wait, wait! I do hear us now. It's really delayed, it's but so we bad. are now. We are now. Oh, wait, it's uh, we're live but jittery. Streams back. There we go. Hello, everybody. We should be on. So, are we on? <laughs> finally, finally. Jeez. All right. Oh, crap. Wow. Now we can't hear them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So cool. What a time to be alive. This is 2020. We uh, we do this for a living, and <laughs> what happened? Um, so, yo, hell yeah, everybody. Welcome back. It's season three of Thug Crowd. Thanks, everybody, for joining us here. Sorry for the technical difficulties. I'm sure you were... Uh, I'm not sorry. Given, I'm not uh, sorry one bit. Well, given a little bit of nostalgia, you know, <laughs> all the other times that we've screwed up, we've screwed up right. the audio. Specifically the audio every time. That's right. Just That's like right. the good times. Just Linux audio. I'm sorry. That's how you know it's it's authentic thought crowd. I mean, <laughs> we got audio routing through audio routing on VMs through desktops. We through have mixes, seven proxies to go through. Yeah, and oh, seven gosh. audio proxies. We're bouncing our signals off the moon. <laughs> crazy yeah ham radio shit i don't know if you guys have ever heard of jack d but you should go play with that for a month before you can hear youtube oh god <laughs> oh is that what you're using oh that's no 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 i'm not using jack <laughs> Are you think i'm crazy <laughs> well uh, I, I didn't know what was uh what was the flavor of the month that are causing the audio issues today but anyways it's good to be back it's good uh good to have you guys all together again yeah, cheers. Cheers. Uh, cheers, cheers. Yeah. So, um, all right, so let's um let's get us started. So we we've been gone for a little you know a couple months now. Ended up season two. We're trying to do some more uh I guess uh, manageable seasons and manageable show in general. So we're kind of switching up the format a little bit. Um we'll give an extra ten minutes at the end um of the hour, but we're gonna do an hour of a stream instead of two hours, try to get everything uh more I guess yeah and um so we're gonna be doing an hour we're gonna do it every the, the, the first and third uh tuesdays of every month until the end of july and that'll be season three and so we got a bunch of interesting people and things to talk about but today's our first test episode where we test this entire new format and so we're just going to kind of rock it um so the, the the name of the game now is everybody who is on here is going to be talking about something, um, sharing a story or a project or something they've been, um, you know, that we would normally all talk about together and kind of cover that. And then we can sort of ask a couple questions here and there. But we want to be able to actually uh, have some good, solid opinion on the news rather than just shit posting the entire time. So, but we can still shit post later. It, it'll be totally fun. Um, but yeah, that's the, uh, the main goal of this uh, first season, or the new season, I guess. So um, yeah, you'll be able to tell us stuff you'd like it or hate it, the new format yeah. on Twitter, uh, just let us know. And so, and, and, when, and just yeah. to be clear, I know 
I know most of you guys are joking when you're like, the new format sucks, it's choppy and stuff. And there is a little bit of a, a chop on the audio at the moment, but that's because we're essentially running in safe mode or whatever the fuck. It's, what we're talking about is more of just kind of how we run the show and how the, the flow of the show goes. Yeah, uh, looking for comments on that. Not not actually the quality or the. Uh, <laughs> well, you're perfectly I don't know what you want to call every one of us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But I think though that it's it'll be useful because this show we we don't have any sponsors. We never will have any sponsors. We really don't do anything to uh, try to promote anything. Um, right. We do everything as as free as possible. We have awesome Patreon supporters and people that help us out. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all of our infrastructure costs for research and things like that um but so yeah we are never going to be doing anything that's uh i don't know never going to kiss anybody's yeah. ass so we want rely on our audience and our diehard fans to you know, give us the guidance that, we, that they want to see from us and, and uh, if you haven't checked out the uh the new motorola phones you definitely should yeah, I think is it is it 1080p you're streaming? I usually do 720. Yeah, um, I do the streaming for my me old uh, computer. Um, so yeah, let's see. Did you stop the stream? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was real chop. Yeah. I yeah. I upped the uh, the bitrate as well. So let's see how we go. Nice. So next stream, we should all yeah. come back with vocoders and just fuck everyone. <laughs> yeah, I know. Funny. All right. Let's see. Yeah, a little less choppy. All right. Yeah, oh Christ! Cool. How's this? Well, we gotta wait a minute for it to. Yeah, people are saying it sounds it... better. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. Better. Okay, cool. Nice. See that? Okay. I'm a fly engineering. See? Good job, that. Ben Salmon. Yo, that's me. I'm able to hack uh, Jeff Bezos' phones on the fly. WhatsApp. Fuck you. I got you. Um... But <laughs> but when it when it comes to OBS. Fuck! Can't do it. Can't figure yeah. it out. <laughs> <laughs> At least, uh, hey, oh, thank you for, for posting the notes. These are uh, our show notes cool. here. Yes. Um, this is what we'll be covering um, today. So we have these highlighted stories here, um, which we'll get into in a moment, um, where people here are going to be talking about these stories here, which a lot of them are really interesting. It does some really cool research, and uh, yeah. Been awesome. So, there's anything to say before we get started. A digital game is serious. Go into the store right now and put your hand in the cash register for no reason. Thank you. Let's get into the news. <laughs> All right, let's get into the news. So, we will start off. We'll, we'll do it nice and easy. Um, where we are gonna have some. Hold on, let me just pull hold up. Hold on. Walt, Walt, you're doing your thing. Uh, I just got a comment on this ASCII or ANSI art that. Is not a that's not a picture that says thug crowd. That's actual. That's um, you can highlight it with your mouse. Yeah, you can highlight it right now on your computer. Yeah, it's really nice. It's a CSS too. There's no JavaScript in there either. Wow, dude, good job, man. That looks really cool. Beautiful. (laughs) It also makes my fan spin on my laptop. Just (laughs) (laughs) so um, you might see that there's a uh, an encoded uh, Bitcoin miner. Uh, no, we never fucking do that. Um, <laughs> we'd ransom you like normal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like like gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, come on, yeah. Bitcoin no, mining yeah, is like this, the, 
this particular scene is is, uh, is very very simple, but it's very uh, it, it's like animating like like full rendering like in the in the <laughs> CSS and CSS is a is a trip. I literally suck yeah, at web as I go on W three schools and, and get the examples. So really, <laughs> are you W three schools like optimized fucking JavaScript? Yeah, Dude, yeah. I don't know about Office is actually really good. I I think, yeah, no, they have a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, because they unless you test it right there, right? Like they give you the example and then you you test uh, your code. That's like and... fiddle, JS or whatever. <laughs> anonymous, no. hold on, anonymous. Shout out to anonymous in Brazil. No, yeah. no, no. It's anonymous underscore 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 underscore. Oh, underscore. where he's <laughs> in Look at that. You can't register an underscore Come because Brazil. everybody <laughs> has, has ever. <laughs> that is absurd. That is, uh-huh. you have more underscores than you do characters in your name. That's amazing. You it's amazing to me that, that that many people before him thought it was a good idea to just keep adding an underscore. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Oh God, people are great. That's the that default cute. operation for Nick collisions on IRC, most IRCDs, though. Just adding up. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, thanks, everybody. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so, yeah, let's get right into the news here. So, there is a lot of cool stories here. Uh, we'll start off with you, Mindflare. I'll uh, put some uh, a little time around so I can uh, keep it keep it focused. Um, but so your story that you that you were reading this is actually really a really funny headline. It's just yeah. new research finds <laughs> half of of security operations centers are ineffective. That's great. Now, That's- obviously, this is a little bit of clickbait. They um, what the study actually is is it's uh, sourced from seven thousand different socks of different scales and different budgets. And um, what they found, yeah, it's a lot. Um, What they found is that the MSSP or the the managed protections are actually not as effective at any scale as an in-house team. What they also Ah. found is that um, the average shock analyst makes just north of six figures, like $102,000. Very important to add the two. And that's going to increase by 30% in the next year. So if you're looking for an entry-level position, never been a better time to join a stock. Man, I should just fucking do that instead. Yeah. And, like, just ride out the rest of my life. And... <laughs> Being a junior stock analyst, Dan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that way that way, it's not taking it all the way down to, like, Burger King, but... <clears throat> oh, yeah. I'm the joking to all the sock analysts. (laughs) It's an important job. And actually, uh, without sock analysts, you probably will never find your intrusions. That's true. Um, A friend of mine works in a sock, and he's always like, everybody is always like, thank you for your service, because secretly nobody wants to do it, but it's super important to security posturing. It's mad Um, hard. It can be grueling. But, Especially um, overnight shifts and all that. That's hard stuff. I will say, now, in, in yeah. the inverse of that, though, with socks, though, you're always, like, looking in the past for things that have happened, and, like, the response time is, like, key. So I guess a, a decent sock is going to be able to respond, not just, you know, splunk all day. Now, yeah. while that's historically been true, this report also covered um, the evolving responsibilities of a modern sock, and... 
what they found is 70% of organizations, 71, excuse me, are actually participating in threat hunting. So rather than just waiting for the light to start blinking and figuring out why and figuring out how to turn it off, these orgs are proactively seeking out evil. Uh, interesting. I, I think yeah. uh, I, I've seen, this was many years ago, but I've seen SOC uh, threat um, hunting or whatever it's called. Uh, I, that can get out of control so quick if you just let analysts go that aren't well-trained. Yeah, uh, they're, they're actually, I think Jake, uh, Jake Williams or whatever his name is, he posted a meme thing about sock analysts that are untrained and it was like a picture of a dog that was just... a rabid dog yeah i know yeah. the one it, it, was, like, it was a funny thing because it's so true it, they'll, they'll just get caught in all those rabbit holes and yeah yeah I, mean, I, I definitely think though like so one of the things that i've i've been sort of realizing as i as i work more with people that do threat hunting is that, that stuff is really important but it has to as you're saying it has to be very very like cohesive like people have to be trained on the sort of best operating you know standard standard operating procedures like best practices because they're the data that you can get from from threat hunting and from you know doing all sorts of different um analytics uh you know reversing malware uh looking at you know phishing domains things like that all those things are there because because there are so many and because it is way easier i could i could write we any of us here could write a script that would keep an entire stock busy for an entire weekend right in like a couple <laughs> absolutely hours, right and mm -hmm. so the thing is there's so much data that is out there a, a lot of it is garbage a lot of it is just stupid people doing stupid shit that isn't actually worth looking at but they're in the middle of all of that is where there actually are people that are trying to do bad shit. And so it's real. I think it's really important for people to do threat hunting, but to do it in a way that they can be concise with their, their methodology, but also share that information in a way that is not just like a lot of stuff is like paywalled. A lot of stuff is sure, like, I feel sure. like a lot of that stuff needs to be a lot more public because people do need to know about it. This kind of things are important. Mm -hmm. It might not be relevant to you specifically or your organization, but if it's relevant to somebody, then that and, information becomes apparent. Good point. Attacker methodology isn't that abstract. Like you can reduce most kill chains into a series of steps that most malware follows. And while it would be cool to have like a war chest of Yara rules that you could just scan your entire environment for, um, a good stock analyst should be looking for those steps that people are taking. Yeah. Hey, I think, uh, uh, Mindflare, how many MSSPs did they look at? How many MSSPs? Um, let me look that up. I'm just I'm just curious because I feel like a lot of stock services are actually resold. So if you look at a bunch of MSSPs you might actually only be looking at a handful of like super big uh, sock well, in a box. Uh, what it was, was yeah. they asked companies that were using MSSPs if they were happy with their services or if they felt yeah. their services were effective. Yeah, I was wondering how do they measure the effectiveness? Like yeah. for every bad guy caught, well, I mean, there's, you could catch a bunch of them. It only takes one person to not you don't catch yeah. the ransoms your hospital. Well, I think that it's, it's always difficult to, to prove a negative. You can't yeah, know yeah. what you stop from happening. Mm -hmm. um, although, 
asking the question, did you like your service for any sort of security thing is, is probably going to be a, a good percentage of no's for any particular company. I resell CrowdStrike. Would you guys like to have a stock? It absolutely depends on who you're asking though. Because yeah. if you're asking the manager yeah. that they just gave a bunch of check marks to, to pass their audits, they're going to say, fuck yeah, that's great. That's a great company. I love them. But if you're going to talk to the analysts or the technicians that work at the company and have to interface with the MSSP, they're going to have a vastly yeah. different uh, approach to how they yeah. answer that question. Well, okay. So the biggest um, subsection of industry that responded to this were financial services, healthcare, and public sector in that order, followed by industrial, making up 50% of the respondents. So all these people are heavy in compliance. They've got a lot of check boxes they got to tick. And yeah, those are the angriest people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also the people yep. with the biggest budget. So, you know, give yeah. and take. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, I'm sorry. What percentages were they? Yeah. So financial services was 18. And um, following that was health um, at 11. Uh, that liked him? No. So these are the organizations that responded um, <clears throat> and what their primary focus is, what it is that they're protecting. Okay. Is that but with I, internal I, or external? I guess I was just asking what was the percentage that liked their MSP or thought they were doing a good job? It was around 50%. It oh, was okay. not that's, fantastic turnout. That's, I, uh, I don't know. I think that's probably pretty normal, actually. I like, I've, it depends on the MSSP, right? Like there's some that are really crap yeah. and there's some that sure. are really good. But the, I think the key part, the key takeaway was where it says a majority of the respondents at 63% are looking for a way out, uh, including reviewing new vendors or bringing the SOC function in-house. So oh, it's too late. You can't leave now. Vendor lock. Yeah. It's a real yeah. problem. <laughs> Usually they do lock them in, yeah. So, uh, it's been a little bit past the time. Um, we should move on to the next story here. Thanks, my Let's player, for sharing the info. Um, Zuff, are you yeah, ready? thanks for that. Here. I'm, I'm ready, Freddy. All righty. So, the, the uh, story that you have here, it's pretty interesting. Um, these are people that are hijacking smart building access systems to launch DDoS attacks. Yeah, <laughs> and it's uh, it's pretty funny to watch the uh, attack vectors. I think evolve, as anyone would say, especially in like IoT space and a, a security device, quote unquote, that would be in a building related yeah. environment. But um, so this article goes over talking about like Nort Nortex Security and Control, which is listed as an LLC. Funny enough, but uh, <laughs> uh, I was reading through this, and it looks like to, that was disclosed back in May. They had 14 CVEs that were exposed to their firmware, and basically the researcher got angry. And after having no response or firmware updates after four months, just generally ended up posting that stuff onto uh, as <laughs> you know modules or things. <laughs> And um, to be honest, I was, I was reading about Shodan and it said 2,375 of these devices can be reached. Yeah, so that so quadruple that then because Shodan yeah. only shows about 25%. Is this, yeah. the, uh, is this the same system that we covered 
a few months ago with a smart building whole system? I, I believe that this is, yeah. And I, I remember hearing about this, but there's so many of these stories that it's like hard to remember. <laughs> they, figured, uh, they, they figured out a way to turn it into amps, like, uh, or what? Like, are, I mean, are they using it for DDoS? What's the technique? Uh, it's like a, it's a PHP attack exploit over Python through Light HTTPD, which is the web server that runs there. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's I probably running as root. Using like Mira or oh, something. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's so, exactly the same kind of attack method. One so, of yeah. the uh, bugs in here as well is like uh, SSH over like stack-based buffer overflow and root SSH access. So, LOL. It's just funny though. Imagine, imagine having a shell a root shell on like a bunch of security systems and the thing you do is to ddos like minecraft servers well and that's the thing too is like ddos kind of like ddos isn't the only thing these people are doing right like there's plenty yeah. of these systems i'm sure that are still on internal networks and people just use them as pivot points which well, is the good. scary part so Thank God. it's like i just <laughs> I, I read a lot of these articles and i just think wow that's that's a stupid way of describing things to begin with like i guess ddos is a big search term but that's not what you know i, I believe is yeah going here. No, i mean yeah, people use the pivot points all the time they use them for tunneling they use them for tons of different things it's not just or if you are smart and you know where the building is located probably yeah. you bring your own card cursory, <laughs> cursory cursory uh um what's it called like like enumeration of the system like like level one hack the box stuff you probably be able to find the location of the company that it, that it works with and then just go into the building yeah eat all the snacks yeah, you could turn it into a physical <laughs> DOS by just locking everyone out of the building. That is, imagine ransoming <laughs> a building. You could ransom a building. Yeah, yeah, you literally could. And watch like, them, watch them panic on camera while you do so. Yeah. Like, disable the heating and shit. And everyone's yeah. in, the, in the building cold, like locked yeah. in and cold. And I mean, I, um, it backs I saw up. a demo at one point where somebody was using a, a industrial control system to change the temperature in a server room to trigger the sprinklers. Yeah, nice. The, yeah, I remember that. But the lock locking of the doors, even like they're magnetic, right? They, those are hard to get open. And some people are afraid. And if you shut the elevators down and lock the doors, I mean, you can actually cause some real significant panic and something that i think probably could get classified as terrorism oh yeah not to and, mention uh, you're you're on the network right like you're just sending out attacks and uh then also while locking them out of their their building right the other and, thing with this as well is like these buildings they've also got like a lot of voip uh camera systems now yeah so they've gone this far so if you're on the same network as the locks and the cameras you're now watching the damage you can cause yeah, it's uh, very movie-esque. Yeah. yeah, I brought this up with Dan too, and we were talking about it. But it was like, um, you know, how many vendors actively pay attention to what they're really selling? I mean, this device and this control system is still listed as being actively supported. So if it was actively supported, why wouldn't they release an update at the very least to help those that were in need? Or, you know, who are the people installing these? Do they even recommend they VV land? And I like oh, read over no. the documentation, and it was like admin admin you know plug in a client computer just plug it in over a router or use the same switch you're using for internal computers to access it like it's <laughs> like, oh man it's you know just all so, it's all puke worthy so odd to me that this is still able to happen because i i could have sworn that a law was passed in california that makes it illegal 
to sell default creds. Uh, yeah. No, I think I think that's when you're installing individual smart locks for a tenant. If you if you're a well, okay, but that, that would mitigate this issue, wouldn't it? Uh, not if it's a business build. If it's a if it's a commercial building, I don't think so. But yeah, you're right. There is a, a law did pass that was uh, that sucks. Landlords landlords installing smart locks that had credentials uh, that could be changed that. by their tenants. Yeah. And I thought it was all IoT. I could have sworn it was. And it's really depressing to hear that it's not. Um, because, you know, I, I just bought a new router switch or something, and it's it had default creds. What kind? What, what, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I was sad to see that it had default creds on it, though. And, it, like, it, it's fucking 2020. Let's get rid of them. It, it, make it the goddamn MAC address. You're, yeah. You have to print the MAC address out on the sticker anyways. Print it out as the password. How I mean, fucking I, hard is this? Or just generate if, uh, the password. Like, ten, well. 10 years ago, like like 20, yeah, 20 something, 2010, 2011, uh, that was a, a task that I did was, was provisioning a whole bunch of routers for an ISP. And part of that was generating the, and writing to the default config partition a password that we print like the, the system password and the wi-fi key were being provisioned and then a matching sticker that got stuck on the device like to send to, mm-hmm. to a, a customer and so when somebody is not doing that i always think like fucking why right like, because how, but, but how many millions and millions of dollars did that cost you to do not very oh. a hundred thousand hundred thousand dollars or something <laughs> it cost for that whole project but yeah. And like my legal question, I know we don't have like a lawyer here, but what if you're selling these devices and you continue to as an LLC, are you held responsible for any breaches that happen at the end of the day? Because I would think that being an LLC would protect you in my mind. Well, not from lawsuits. Eh. Like it may it may protect the person's individual assets, but it won't protect the company. That company well, good. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. I do know. only if there's accountability, and it sounds like there's not. Yeah. I'm going to look into that later, though, because I'm curious to see if there's any legislation yeah. perhaps in well, the future. On the other end of the thing, I've seen routers whose default Wi-Fi passwords were their MAC address, and yes. that is a bad idea. <laughs> well, I think, it's, I, think it's an, I think it's a better idea than just password. I agree. It's better than admin admin. I, I know. I'm just talking about being able to, t- to connect to someone's network with with that though. yes actually uh broadcast so, you know those robots the cop robots um, yeah. from nightscope yeah. they actually had those built those are built inside those the the router that you're talking about i forget the name of it yeah that that actual router type is what they use and it the vulnerability worked and i don't know i don't i don't know if it still works or not i haven't tested it uh, because I would have to test it on their actual equipment, and that would be a crime. But, uh, and, uh, <laughs> but I would never do that, uh, so I don't know. But, um, so, Nicky. Ha Real quick in the chat, I don't know if this, I mean, I'll believe it in the chat, but the law take about the um, reasonable amount of security, like no admin admin says, takes effect on January 1st. Oh, there we go. Oh, okay. so if you cool. put your security system in uh, any time before that, you... Uh... You're getting uh, you're DDoSing some Roblox 
but but it, it says the law mandates that manufacturers that sell or offer to sell a connected device. It just says connected device. That's awesome. That's great. That's cool. That's pretty vague. I love yeah. it. Reasonable amount of security. Um, we should go on to the next story here. Yeah. We've been over five minutes. Um, so the next one, buses. Uh, you uh, yep. here? I'm here. Oh, yeah. This story is sick. Um, this is something I've thought about doing so many times. Uh, so this person created a traffic jam on Google Maps using a red wagon full of phones. <laughs> I remember you talking about doing this. Yeah, yeah I mean... That's it. Basically, the headline's pretty self-explanatory, but a quote-unquote artist in Berlin put, I think, 99 or 100 phones. He bought 99 or 100 SIM cards, manually popped Google Maps on all of them, wheeled them around the cart, and generated an artificial traffic jam. This definitely isn't the first time we've seen this, though, because I remember a bit back, uh, Sammy Camcar was doing this, but actually just VMs. Yeah. Yeah, it would be amazing. Yeah clarify that uh what's happening is all these phones are generating uh, giving sure. their location to google maps and then that's saying don't go on this route because there's there's high traffic right that's, so yeah, for so for context if no one's familiar yeah the way that traffic that like color congestion amounts are known is the device telemetry being sent up to google and i was reading you know some twitter threads on this people were saying this happens on like very remote mountain roads where people stop to take pictures Sometimes it registers as like super congested traffic because all the people that are there and reporting telemetry to Google have been stopped. So this is a it's a pretty common issue, uh, a common occurrence. But my thought on this was, it's surprising that Google is not doing like speed checking. Right, it's probable the cars that are driving by them also have phones sending up telemetry. And like, wouldn't it be a tip off that a hundred phones? Are moving at walking pace while this car's yeah. zipping along past them at you know like 30, 40 miles an hour oh, on top know, of like, each other. No, <laughs> yeah. there, no, that could be. That's exactly why though, because when cars are like, let's say there's an accident, like, and immediately after that accident, all of the cars are right next to each other, and well, they're all going really slow. And yeah. I think that algorithm is what he's. I think uh, it's also this was. Doing. Sorry, I don't think this is like something that was really in mind possibly but i still think yeah like 99 was a big amount but i do think it's definitely somewhat reasonable for a real life scenario because you know people also yeah. sit in parked cars with their phones on mm-hmm. uh, also like um, buses yep. some interesting challenges there. oh yeah <laughs> i wonder if it has to do with the consistency of speeds relative relative to one another because right, like on a bus, everybody well, the same speed. I think the thing with that is, is when you have the Google Maps navigation open, so probably not if you're sitting in a bus. Like yes, telemetry is being sent, but I think it's just when navigation's running that uh, the, the traffic yeah. info is taken into account. Well, it's possible maybe, that it's not true though. So you could do it with a bus. Well, I if think you get everyone is, to open up everyone, Google Maps. That's yeah. Well, I think the thing is that probably I would imagine it compares it to what's normal, right? Mm-hmm. So I think with buses you have a, a a very steady like average on that you know past that route. I'm gonna put it out there. I think the artist is urge. not saying everything. I have a sudden <laughs> urge to be a tour guide. <laughs> I want to chime in real quick. Uh, people in the chat are asking how precise GPS is. 
it's not very precise, but when you cross-reference nearby wireless signals with yep. your GPS position, you can get really pinpoint accurate. Yeah, so yeah. There, it's oh, a yeah. setting straight up in Android within your location services. It's not only GPS, because I think it's plus or minus three to four feet with just raw GPS with what we have in like non-military use. But it also uses um, nearby Wi-Fi networks, kind of like, I believe, like Google's clone, or like Google's version of Wiggle, basically, where they're essentially war driving with all everyone's phones and then using that to figure out location. And then sometimes also, sometimes there's also Bluetooth used for this, I which is cell, curious. cell tower location is probably for sure. a larger part of that. Google actually got in trouble doing this when they were plotting out uh, Google Street View. They had uh, war driving equipped on their cars while they were taking 360 photos, and they had to be stopped. I think that was actually also because they were capturing plain text uh, Wi-Fi traffic as well. If I remember that, what you're referring to correctly. Mm -hmm. Well, this, can we can we just talk about how this is an attack that only works in uh, nice neighborhoods? <laughs> or or <laughs> the phones. phones. Well, no, the I, phones. If you're in a if you're in a rough neighborhood, the phones disperse themselves. <laughs> uh, I also want to say, like, this was a cool thing thinking for me because, like. Evidently, the guy with the wheelbarrow isn't like a, of a super technical person. I don't think any of our first thoughts would have been buy 99 SIM cards and 99 phones. Yeah. Right. yeah. So it's just a cool thinking, like how our, our thoughts on approaching this would differ. Throw money at it. <laughs> so like also looking at the pictures, those aren't like $20 Android phones. No, but... What what? Well, They've got a notch at the top. Looks like four cam or three cameras and a flash. Yeah, those look like. Uh, I mean, they could all be some like some phones like look pretty nice, but they have low specs. I'm gonna say Samsung yeah. A series. They're like off, not yeah, flagship, like but still, um, like it would have a notch in multi camera. I yeah. think uh, they are buying in bulk. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the last well, okay. quote last season. Right, yeah. but even in bulk, like 99 and 99 SIM cards. Yeah, and also paying data plans on all of those and setting them all up individually as well. And I'd also like to bring up the fact that this was brought up as a, quote, like, art yeah. display exhibit. Art. It's art. I mean, it's definitely when I, art. When I do it, it's considered, you know... <laughs> <laughs> It's crime. <laughs> yeah, I had been thinking about this though. Imagine, um, just real quick, because we got to end this. But imagine doing a similar thing, but doing it with one of those like neighborhood like gossip apps, and just reporting like violence or like a shooting or something. Um, just being able to like spoof all that kind of stuff. A lot of the stuff is easier than Google. Google is going to definitely be a bit trickier, where you might have to do more um, like approaches like this. But there's certainly a lot of apps where they have like uh, you know reporting on different things um, in your neighborhood that you could just sign up a million accounts on, probably find some API endpoint and just spam a bunch of like, there's an active shooter or something and just like shut down a city block. That's yeah, it's pretty terrifying. Also, I heard on like reading Twitter threads, the old ways API used to just be able to spam requests to and do the same thing. So mm -hmm. I, this is, I was actually going to do this to um, not, not <laughs> active shooter, I was going to do um, those party monitoring uh, companies. Uh, they have sensors Ooh. that fucking monitor how many Bluetooth devices are in a house. 
for Airbnb hosts, Mm -hmm. which is totally fucked up, by the way. That's insane. So one of these companies happens to be headquartered, like, literally within a driving distance from me. And so I took took a laptop, I took my uh, Uber tooth and all that, and, like, I was ready to go. Turns out it was a shared office space, like a uh, fake office. Uh, and uh, I wasn't able to fuck with them, but I was so ready to rock and roll. And I'm so sad I didn't get to do that. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll look up the other addresses, though, and post them. <laughs> and if somebody else <laughs> wants to do it, I think it would be hilarious. Me! Yeah. Um, yo, yo, get keep it going. Read me, still here. Yo. Hello. So do you want to talk about the unattached team viewer Privesk? Yeah. Uh first though, real quick. Imagine if that guy gives you a bad Yelp review. <laughs> like 99 phones. Alright, anyway. Uh yeah, team 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 viewer um is near and dear to my heart, because uh, I've I've used it many times. So um at Why Not Security uh, posted a blog post yesterday with um, uh, an unpatched, uh, uh, I guess, vulnerability. We can we can discuss it, but uh, basically, it boils down to the fact that the uh, the, uh, the passwords, uh, six of them, as far as I know, are stored in the registry. Uh, encrypted with a, uh, AES and the key and the IV are hard-coded into the binary. So if you can export the registry key, you potentially get some of these uh, six passwords. And I'll, I'll, I'll state the caveat of if you just use a vanilla installation of TeamViewer and set a password, <clears throat> it's not in there. But if you're in a, like an enterprise situation where you're going to deploy TeamViewer to uh, a bunch of machines, there's a good chance that there's a registry file in that MSI uh, package that has some keys that can be decoded. And they would also be in the registry of all of the computers that you deployed them to. So um, it's definitely a good thing to loot if you were like doing a pen test uh, and you see team viewer there, you probably get the password for all the computers in the organization. Um, but yeah, so the, the real question is why are they using AES? And not just some sort of hash, because you could you could accomplish the same thing by keeping a hashed password in the registry, and then you wouldn't, uh, you know, be able to reverse it. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I think people like we were talking in Riot. People talk about uh, Team Viewer hacks, and this has been a problem since I don't know, probably four or five years ago. And you saw Team Viewer being actively used. It's pretty disgusting, and it's obvious that they haven't learned from their mistakes in the past. Uh, but it, it's 
also really scary because <laughs> you've got a you've got a client that people often introduce into endpoints in an organization where users aren't the best. They're probably using it for support and definitely a good pwn target for red teams. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a good loot. The other thing as well is like you you're it's running uh, as an underprivileged user, but then it's also running like the actual service is running as a privileged user, right? So you know, free esque. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't test the the privesque, but you know, in theory, if you're on a computer as a low privileged user and have access can export that that registry key, you could uh, connect to that computer from a different computer through Team Viewer and then use the uh, built-in uh, scripting engine to run things as system. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> so yeah, it was just uh, it was interesting. It caught my attention because it was Team Viewer, and also there was a little bit. If you read the blog post, which is oh, you know about the about the blog post, I really like that this guy used uh, Cheat Engine to get the uh, A AES keys out of memory. Um, I think uh, Cheat Engine doesn't get enough uh, attention outside of the game hacking community, but it's a really cool uh, way to parse uh, active memory. But yeah, the, the passwords you can pull are uh, the options password, which is what lets you change the options, like, for example, what the connection password is. Um, uh, security password AES, I didn't get that one to work. Uh, security password exported which is the one if you're in a deployment situation. Um, and then proxy password, if, it, if there's a, a password on the proxy for it to connect out. And then license key AES as well. So if you, um, you know, are in an enterprise situation, they probably also have a license key in there too. I also like the fact that he uh, supplied a Google dork, so you can find a couple on the internet to uh, decrypt yourself <laughs> oh, yeah. if, if you want. <laughs> Not oh, that yeah. it's common, but it's out there. But yeah, it's it's yeah, it's worth noting because it's just one of those things where it's not like right RDP, where like you can set like group policy to you know, restrict access here and there. It's it's kind of, it, you know, it is what it is. And uh, setting it up leaves you open to that, like, regardless of how everything else is set up. Well, TeamViewer got hacked a couple years ago and didn't fess up to it for, like, two fucking years. <laughs> you know, well, that's, like, uh, that's a pattern, too. But, like, if, if you talk about TeamViewer, the only time you're ever going to install TeamViewer on someone's computer is if they're... You know, I hate to say it, but an old boomer that you're trying to help, it's not going to be Dude. something that's common. <laughs> Have you searched? What? I mean, you see team viewer use, uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys watch, what is it, Kip Boga or whatever, but that's like something that the Indians always use, and I see it used all the time. But I mean, even then, there's different methods that you should be using, and team viewer with the amount of, of like as far as the market share and what they have like they're always going to be a target but the fact that the, the thing that really bothers me is this is a company that's had things like this happen in the past that doesn't that continues to just abuse 
Yeah, yeah. Man. Team Veal uses like classic Lucifer status. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey so, final, wait, final final thought though. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you search the word team viewer on Twitter, mm-hmm. you're gonna find some really weird shit. I'll just leave that as an exercise for uh, the audience <laughs> out there. But there's a really weird sort of uh, community built <laughs> built around. Oh, so for next time. <laughs> that sounds cool. Wait, there's a really weird what? It's like. I don't know, like dominance, like femdom. I'm gonna connect to your computer and steal your money. Oh but... yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> no, well, that, I mean, that's I've a... been getting a bunch of those because my tweet. Yeah, there's <laughs> something actually about this. There's like a group of people doing that on a, a rag. <laughs> plug, no, we plug it in, man. It's it's there. Explore. <laughs> we explore that some of the time. But we should move on to the next topic here. That's um, which is Plasma, are you around? You're still here. Yes, I am. Awesome. So you've been working, you've been working hard on on developing a, a PSC for this. Um, and this came out a couple of days ago. This is a buffer overflow in sudo. Uh, yep. what can you tell us about this? Well, okay, so basically sudo has this uh, this option uh, Called password, called PW feedback, where basically you can enable the little stars when you're typing your password, oh, and, you yeah. know, so that it, you can see that your key press are actually doing something. And what it's actually doing when it's running that whole operation is basically uh, when you type, sudo adds a star and increments a pointer. Uh, when you backspace, it removes that star and reduces that pointer. But if you are piping input into the the sudo command line. Uh, like, you know, using a Linux pipe, uh, it can't actually write that star character back because there's no standard output to write back to. So it will uh, hit an error and skip resetting that pointer. Uh, So you can actually use that to uh, basically by kind of chaining these uh, backspace character or these null characters and these uh, uh, ASCII characters, you can increase that uh, pointer over time. And so, yeah, I've been working a lot on trying to figure out how to exploit this. Uh, we've, <laughs> we've been in a channel talking about, you know, uh, our, uh, the best way to approach this. Uh, we've gotten further than I would have expected, but not quite there. Uh, so we were able to write, uh, overwrite a lot of different, uh, pieces of, uh, you know, different variables and, and different values that are being pointed to elsewhere. Um, I think that actually where we ended up concluding with it was basically that uh, we were able to overwrite uh, a value that probably would have allowed us to load a, a shared shared object. Um, but in, in overwriting that value, we actually uh, flipped a bit that caused the program to crash before we actually was able to use those values. So there's like an array of signal uh, of signal handlers where basically it loops through the array and checks to see you know, if any of those are set and if it's set, then it will uh, crash the program. And uh, yeah, we're still trying to figure out a way around that. It's tricky because we can't write null bytes because part of the whole exploit is that the null bytes are not handled properly. So yeah, Yeah. that's kind of where we're at with it. Um, This has been a really interesting uh, project. I've got a lot of new information about all these different tools. 
pseudo is also a really big pain in the butt to debug. Um, yes. Especially for this, especially for this exploit, because basically, uh, you know, as soon as you as soon as you send this data to sudo, it'll crash. You need to debug it running a pipe, right? So it needs to come in through a pipe, and uh, sudo has really is really temperamental about the conditions it runs in. So. Yeah, you can't you can't do a ptrace and have set UID and run it not as root. Like there's so many different yeah, caveats. So many. So we're, like we're annoying. Uh, the, the setup I had for this was basically I have a script that constantly checks if a text file exists. And then if that file exists, it cats it. And then I have that script running. I pipe that into sudo. Um, I don't create the file yet. I attach to it with a debugger. Um, you know, I set breakpoints for when it crashes, and then I actually create the file with the payload in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's me, I'm anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, it's a pretty cool. Shout out to anonymous also in the chat. Too. Yeah, We're seriously. Kind of working on it um, in different stages. Uh, I don't know, I had too much time to look at it, but yeah, looking at how it all works or how that specific bug works is pretty interesting um, to see the implementation for it. I think somebody did make a POC. Yeah, somebody like like literally like an hour ago or two. Uh, yeah, uh, Salim Rashid uh, beat, beat us to it. I, I still don't understand exactly how Wait, he got what? it, but. Uh, what? Yeah, someone. Who, who did? I'll, uh, give him, I'll give him cred where credit's due and put a Twitter link in the chat. That's some bullshit. Oh, that guy's super talented. This also, oh, yeah. No, I know. I'm, ju I'm joking. Oh, no, I'm but I was, I was really rooting. Oh, no, yeah, here we go. So actually, you see that the, it actually working. Cool. So the, um, I'll have to watch this video later. Um, but yeah, so what's really cool, though, is um, seeing Plasma, seeing you go through, and this is something that you're not as familiar with. You're not as familiar with these tools or these this yeah. process like that and seeing you i've only given you a little bit of you know anonymous giving you some help too but we've only given you a little bit of help and you've powered through so much of this and learned yeah. so much in a couple of days i i can't yeah. believe it that so like the amount of crap that i've learned i was thinking about this the other day the amount of stuff i've learned from this i don't really care that i didn't get to this first i i'm just so happy that i went through this whole process and had you guys around to to give advice like i've learned how yeah. to use literally everything from how to use gdb to you know, Radari 2 scripting to, uh, you know, ROP chains and return to libc. And that's been like, what, yeah, like three or four days. <laughs> yeah, man, that's awesome. Because when we had signed up, you were the first person, that, I think, to, to say that you're going to sign up for a, a, a thing. Like, I'm going to have something by then. And you just like, did yeah. so, so much research in a couple of days. So that was <laughs> awesome, man. Um, yeah. We'll continue to work on that but yeah no that's interesting though i mean patch it is your so you're not gonna um, get affected by it unless you have like what linux mint or have this very specific um thing in your pseudo file which is not on by default yeah also i think that the uh the actual uh the the exploitability for the bug supposedly only happens in older versions so mm -hmm. i think the latest version is 1.2.8 um, and it's actually only exploitable before 1.2.6. Yeah. yeah, I think it's even even different. There's also different versions of it because I had to look around for a box that I had that had a vulnerable version on it. So yeah. mileage may vary, um, but it is cool to get an illegal instruction error on sudo. So, but yeah. uh, I, I did like how you mentioned that it it does affect Linux Mint. People are like, but Mint is so easy. Why don't you like it? <laughs> well, yeah, it's one of those things that's like added on that isn't normally there that just causes an issue, but it's so that people don't get confused when they type their password and they don't see anything. 
um, it's web, web behavior. I mean, it makes sense if you're somebody who's doing this kind of thing, it, you know, that could be, that could throw you off, but it does suck that it just doesn't handle uh, buffers correctly. Yeah. I also, um, like, I, I definitely want to say I really never appreciated the kind of systems in play in pseudo until I, you know, played around with this. It's a really interesting program and it has a, a lot of kind of challenges it needs to work around to uh, run programs in a, a elevated space without necessarily providing full access to that. Yeah, it's really it's really crazy. It's too much, in my opinion. <laughs> like, yeah. unless, unless you're looking for something specific, it's so it's so easy to get just caught on a function thread and just be on that for like a week. Yeah, <laughs> like Absolutely. just exploring it. There's some definite right. rabbit holes there. I was just going to yep. say, regardless, like kudos to you and learning something new. That's Hell awesome. Yeah. You were able to absolutely Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it too. If you're trying to learn reverse engineering specifically and, and exploit development, the best way to do it is to just like try to do something that's like try. If you find something that's like a vulnerability, but there's no exploit yet, try to write one. Just try yeah. to do it, even if you don't successfully do it you will learn more than you've ever learned anything in your life and you will be the same person screaming like i hate you like signal handler like the stupidest thing you're gonna like actually um <laughs> so it's pretty cool yeah. well and yeah no it i mean i i definitely like i'm happy that i had learned a little bit of assembly before attacking this but yeah no it, in the period of time before this that i was trying to get better at assembly and debuggers and stuff compared to the period of time that I was actually working on this, pretty significant difference, uh, the amount I got out of it, so, awesome. yeah. Very cool. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's it for the, the first part of the news here. I, I had one that I wasn't a cover, but we only have, like, I guess, 10 more minutes left here. Do you want to talk a little bit, guys, about uh, and girls, about the uh, a Shadow Ink thing from last night? Yeah, I think a few minutes would be oh, good. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. So... Let's get started on this. So, um, as you may have heard by everybody screaming on Twitter, um, there was uh, the Iowa caucus last night, which is a, if you're not from America, it's an election that is a, uh, it helps to determine, I guess, who's going to be selected as the nominee for the party that the caucus is being held for. Um, and so the, you know, this is between like Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, people like that. Um, and so th there was a company that had made an app a phone app that was being used by the people who were the managers of the the different voting areas, the precincts, and they it was being used to basically like send in the uh, the votes like through whatever means um, so they can be tallied and things like that. But so the application just like kind of crashed like uh, catastrophically, <laughs> or not? They had some weird hiccups where it wasn't reporting data um, correctly and things were just like all messed up. And then all these backup systems that had also got messed up. And there's a huge amount of fallout because the people who, like this app was made like only a couple months ago and it wasn't tested properly and it wasn't security tested. Like it was just very like fly by night, bare bones kind of operation. And so everyone's kind of pointing fingers at each other. And it's just been interesting to see because it, I mean, it kind of goes a little bit deep here and there's going to be more information that will come out because this is like, it's only been happening in the past 24 hours. But um, there's, yeah, there's a lot to kind of unpack with this. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that, that are, you know, pointing the blame. I mean, there's a lot of people that are very opportunistically pointing the blame 
at like the Democrat Party and saying that, you know, they've done a bunch of, uh, you know, this is like an example of like how they're never going to win. Some people are using it to say that it's like, a, you know, Russian interference or whatever. Like a lot of people are using this story um, to make a lot of weird claims. So um, it's kind of hard to wade through the muck, but it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that this is going to be an interesting thing to follow um, because this, I mean, there are going to be people trying to do solutions like this for bigger and bigger elections. And if they don't get this right now, I don't, I don't know how much hope I have really for, um, you know, any kind of election like this. Well, like how much hope do you have in the government to begin with to buy an application that wasn't fully polished? Like that's, that's a sad thing. I think like, yeah. I mean, like it's a like, breakdown in death suck for sure. Shadow Inc. and was like, yes, that's who I want to trust. <laughs> well, yeah. if you look at like the line of like uh, like their like parent company's acronym, and acronym is uh, there's also Pacronym, which is the super PAC that funds acronym that has Actually, like seven Jesus. and a half million dollars worth of funding from like names like Steven Spielberg and a lot of uh, people who were famously Hillary Clinton supporters. And so if you go through and look at the people who are working at Shadow Inc. on their LinkedIn, all of their profiles say, you know, they're all from the Hillary Clinton campaign from the last go around. Uh, although I think like the really interesting takeaway from this is that uh, they like had you sideload in the APK for yeah. uh, for this application and using test ferry and uh they weren't even using a paid like enterprise test ferry account they had a, a like their free 14 day trial uh what the fuck? is which has you know like obviously like it's, it's, it's like maxed out at 200 users uh, it has limited like data retention policies right mm -hmm. and so it's like uh like if that doesn't set off red flags everywhere like yeah it's it's crazy because I mean I've used applications like that before for like dev versions of apps um, at companies that I've worked at, um, and those can be done pretty well, I guess, for version control and things like that. But like, it just seems so shoddy, especially with the amount of money that they raise in those groups that fund them. To not even like you could do a similar thing with like a private Git repo. There's so many things you can do to like not do something like this. At least for or just like PGP. I mean, you just have to send some fucking numbers from yeah. one place to another. Yeah. With some, in, you know, non I mean, that's like, that's all it, right? <laughs> that's like the whole, the whole shebang. Yeah. You, know, you think about it, that's really, that's all that this is, you know? Yeah. I mean, what is, what's crazy, though, too, is that a lot of people were, were reporting, I mean, uh, Joseph Cox and some people from Vice, had found um, the app and they tried to load it and it didn't even load properly on some of the phones they tried it out on. They eventually got it to install because then there's like errors galore. It's just like, it seems so crazy to think that this sort of thing, which I would think could even be achieved with like a web view in like That's an exactly Android app. I was thinking, right? Basic, basic, basic thing you could possibly do. That could even still, if you wanted to have some sort of segregation and have all of like, you know, encryption that's proprietary, whatever you want, you could still do this, I mean, like, with very, very little resources. So it just seems like one of those things where it, it's it's difficult to to really give sympathy to the people who made this, because they should have, the people who, who had commissioned this should have known better um, than to, like, hire some random company 
and just expect them to I don't know. Like I don't I don't know like what like they tried to do. They tried to over engineer it. It just seems like insane that this would just be a thing that was allowed to happen. I think when you're looking at mobile devices as a whole though, and you're gonna write this app that's supposed to be used by, you know, like is the same that uh Australia's MyGov app and stuff, they try to make all these apps and they're all absolutely terrible. They're like, Yeah, we're just gonna roll it out to the whole country at once. And it never works. Like this 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 idea never works of cross platform. And I think like looking at WebView or something like that just solves so many problems that, but that's not uh, that's how point. these app developers are like thinking, right? They're just like, yeah. we make an app. We don't make, what do you mean with WebView? Like we make, we're making an app. It's, but, but you're so right. It, WebView solves almost all of these issues. Why the, and, and why do I know this and you know this when we're not by default programmers, at least I'm not, but it, and they're not doing it. Like they want to program it natively. They want to program it in Java or whatever the fuck. It just it blows yeah, my no, mind. Then not really test it against like the seven billion version of Android because like right. a lot of people out there like they have a phone, right? It runs Android that they got on it when they got it, which is like Android version four, KitKat or whatever, marshmallows. And it's never getting updated in a million years. But they still need to use this stupid political thing right so they try to use the app and it fucks up and the app company that has made it are like well we don't support that old shit and they're never going to support that old shit so why don't you just think of a solution that sort yeah. of like you know well if you look at the if you look at the people behind it they're like more they're politically driven they're not tech savvy people i mean that too should speak for itself if they work for the like, wow. Clinton campaign yeah they might have set up some websites and whatnot but i don't believe anybody and you know a key goal for a political the, person though, is like max reach, right? The actual developers involved were like recent bootcamp graduates. Like, I think there's a story of worker exploitation here too. They they had a bunch of them. They were on short-term contracts and then they had one senior dev who had no mobile experience, like watching right. over them. Your, yeah. your mic's a little bit hot, just uh, so you know. Sorry. That's yeah, cool. but no, that, that's a great point though. The, the, they're just being like the lowest common denominator grabbing people saying, oh yeah, come work for this thing, make this website. Meanwhile, it's literally being used in like a very, very important election. And it's, it's also it's just lowest bidder though usually right yeah it's it's tragically well, common that the government tries to cut as much cost as they can so they go with the best deal or the cheapest deal not the best deal yeah well this well, isn't a case of like a government thing that has to go to bids right like this is uh it, it wasn't usually it wasn't a tender everything usually is i mean this I mean, is the dnc right yeah that's not they're, the government. They're not the it's government. The, it's the yeah. Democrats. Yeah, they have even, a ton of money. Even aside for, from money, though, this was a two-month dev cycle. If what I read online was true, that's oh, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, right. Their it's whole funny. project even, was two even, months <laughs> with these inexperienced workers, and like a manager who doesn't know what they're doing. Well, so there you to go. To send and messages. There, there's the famous horse drawing. Man, I really wish I, I can't wait until we get somebody that can uh, put some things up on the screen for us. But like the horse uh, drawing where it progressively gets worse and worse as the timeline gets crunched and crunched. Yeah. That's the exact same thing that basically just happened here. It's uh, it's it's the result of pushing people way past their limits and uh, and then they end up 
producing absolute garbage. I, I can't believe that they intentionally did it. Can I curveball right, this so a we, little bit? Wait, 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 real quick. Yeah, I got go the solution. Right? Whoever's in charge, send everyone an email at the same time, right? And when you have your election results, hit reply all with your results. <laughs> so everyone gets them. And there you go. No, you have to worry about it. Yeah. Okay, so you're saying we should use a blockchain for the next election? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he's saying. I want to cash out soon. Come on. Um, yeah. No, there's definitely a lot of things that have been done better. I definitely feel bad for also people who were put into this mess. I mean, imagine being a recent bootcamp grad, getting your first coding job or second, whatever it is, but you're on a contract. They say, hey, you got to do this thing. You're like, well, I need to eat, so I'll do it. And then it just literally, like, people, it just it just explodes. The most catastrophic way possible. Think, think about these people, though. Like, you, you just got, you got out of your coding boot camp. You're on a two-month project for Shadow Inc. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not what went wrong. What went the right? The first job that I got in tech was a contracting job in a similar thing to make something, right? But it was a very simple thing that was barely, I mean, I don't know if it was fully used or not, but it still wasn't like a, a mobile app. I'd be like, I need, need more help than this, you know? I just, I really feel, I feel bad for them. I do not feel bad for the Democratic Party the DMP, oh, no. for, for, you know, screwing themselves over for this. Because this is like, this is something people have been talking about and have been making a point to point out that election yeah. applications, election hardware, election, all that stuff has to be very, very rigorously tested. Yeah. There's been so many talks about it. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Regardless, I don't know how to that point. When you, when regardless you... of political party, regardless of affiliation, regardless of any of that, not taking the process and the democratic process, democratic in the, not the party, but just the general sense of it, not taking it seriously is going to cause us to fail, <laughs> like in a big way. Yeah, yeah it has a, a ripple effect that's far beyond just like the single primary, right? Like it erodes faith in the entire system, it erodes yeah. faith in the parties, it cheapens the entire process when like the people who are supposed to be in charge of like running the country, you know, in a very large capacity, like don't like it do their due diligence and like well, when you when that's you think about it's the... like it's at the, like it's from the top level like it's easy to say you know you know the dev's fault but like the majority of like the higher up you go it's like the more responsibility like you have to accept with that like managers to like you know all the way up so i i have an interesting curve like i was saying earlier but when you think about this and you think about the ties to the clinton and back at what happened at the last election as far as like the dnc and who was appointed do you think that this was something that the clintons had funded and had hoped would put um you know someone like bernie on the back burner again no. i don't no. think so at all i don't I think, think, that that's conspiracy think it's all fun I mean, yeah i mean that's, that's something i read into and there's something that crossed my mind but that's all I mean, so, it's I possible, mean, right? Anything's possible. There were a lot of consistent. things that pointed to that in the past that was definitely there in the DNC email leaks. But I think that this is just kind of goes to show, I guess, this like the the lack of, um, I guess, planning and, and understanding of how this kind of thing works. I mean, 
there is a lot of stuff that you can say about Clinton DNC things and their the way that they have run tech things, the way that they've tried to influence things. I mean, it's same thing with a lot of different political parties in general, but it's just I think that as a whole, as you were saying, Dan, that this sort of thing erodes faith and it it goes down. It's like a, a thing that people have to take seriously or and they have to take it seriously like immediately. Otherwise, they are going to people are going to lose faith in this stuff again. And people are already losing faith in the fact that there's you know election interference that has just kind of been <coughs> and nobody's cared about it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those kind of things people are looking towards this election for whatever your means are for whatever thing you want to actually vote for as a thing to say, hey, yeah, my vote counts, my voice is heard, politicians listen to me, people care about my rights, people care about me you know my the, the government the, the government the country that i live in supports me in some way and i'm not like some nothing that has no voice you know yeah. that's like the thing that people love about america freedom wow that so the horse that, is up on the screen oh nice yeah sorry I, I, interrupted. I interrupted your uh, i interrupted your point i am so sorry but so people people really want to, people have been looking to this kind of thing. This is a very important election because of that. I mean, there's a lot of people who have, have been disenfranchised, and it's a very, it's important for people to be able to feel like they have a say in things. And it's important for people to have a say. It's not even yeah. to feel like it. Um, and so, yeah, this is definitely one of those things where you know I, I think that the all the parties, everybody who's involved in government and election stuff, really, really needs to take this stuff seriously. Yeah, agreed, man. And also. Uh... In the chat, uh, DadFed does have a very good point. Voting should be illegal. I agree. Also, legalized. Can we talk? Can we talk on cheat codes real quick? Sure. Let's do it. So uh, there were quite a few things that were brought up here, and they all relate back to like in packet scripts. So I wanted to bring up the fact that um, if you're not registered on Hack the Box, or you know, if you are, you should try and get in there. But um, there's quite a few boxes that leverage these methods as of right now and give you real world experience in using them. So I would highly recommend that uh, if you're reading over these cheat codes and you see in packet reference that you log in there and try to bump some boxes. Uh, that fucking, yeah, the, I was there's, a Samba, there's a Samba box that's up right now and I was like fucking with impact it and uh, yeah, run the latest version of Python and install really? it. It's, it's amazing though, it's, it's a really funny thing when you when you take a, a very new vuln and bring it to a CTF or <laughs> the very yeah. first thing that I did on the OSCP was um, was use Eternal Blue on the, the master domain controller. Uh-huh. Did they have an issue with it or anything? No, but I mean, I just, I was like, oh, it, it was recent. So I just tried it because I'm like, oh, that's funny. And then there's the Metasweet module that came out for it. And I'm just like, all right. And then I just internal blued it. And then I was just system. And I'm like, well, I won the OSCP. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, official OSCP poli- policy is a shell is a shell. Really? Oh, yeah, like that, that's word that. for word on the forms. But they, cool. they, do, awesome. they say, too, though, that you can only use Metasploit once in the exam. There yeah. are Metasploit rules, but there are not shell rules. So if you have a relatively recent exploit that they haven't patched for it, that's Yeah, I was actually trying to write um, my own version of Eternal Blue on, in Python that wasn't that and get it to actually work on the box. And I didn't oh. get to it in time because I was learning other things. But yeah. were, you, were you doing it, though, just... Kind so of... I could use it anywhere because like, I was eternal uh, every box and it worked. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Sorry. You're not you're not far off That's as far as releases go. Uh, uh, hey, we played the disclaimer. It's uh top I am a character. Show. I have no idea. I don't know what it stands for. Um whatever. We're never gonna get sponsored. <laughs> Speaking of which, Dollar VPN Club. Wow. Still banned for it. There is another Twitter for Dollar VPN Club, but the, the L is a, is an uppercase I. Ooh, that's a Dollar cool. VPN Club. There's actually it's cool because there's there's seven possible ways you could you could homograph attack that one because there's there's uh three L's. And why again did they ban it? Uh, DMCA, just like Sony got DMCA for their. For their own their own logo, the Sony. Oh player. fuck, that's right. Got DMCA. <laughs> Wait, what? So, were was it actually their a logo, or I thought we, I thought it was modified. No, it was like their. It was like a, a standard PlayStation logo, just like a brand logo for like PlayStation or Sony or whatever. That sucks. Yeah, but like, who oh, did well. that? Like, that was them, right? Like, yeah. that's an automated process for sure. Stop hitting yeah. yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> Make sure anyone who uses our logo, anyone, is removed immediately. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, if we find you, uh, we're talking to you with the audience. If we find you using that thug crowd logo, oh boy, oh boy. Do I sound like not Dan for the podcast? No. Okay. Someone's <laughs> saying I sound like him in the chat. It's coming yeah, concerned. don't that person. What idiot is saying that? <laughs> Take a guess. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so it's about time to be uh, wrap it up. It's a little past uh, one hour here. Um, but this was awesome. I kind of like this format a bit better. We got to um, just keep on rocking it. We're going to be working on getting some, uh, some of our guests. We have a lot of people that want to do pre-recorded sessions, um, which might actually make this easier for us. Um, so we're going to get back to a bunch of people on that. Um, so, yeah, I don't have anything for the next episode yet, but we will. Uh, <laughs> surprise. Soon it's always a surprise. Every single thing. Are we going to, are you going to be able to hear us this time or not? I don't know. Yeah. Right. Right. We'll see what happens. <laughs> maybe that maybe 1991 we'll audio. Hey, maybe it was we'll... an art piece <laughs> the whole time. Push and yeah. prod. Test and prod. We're not just gonna... a reminder that nothing's changed. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna barrage you with a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of reasons why this may have happened, but uh, there may have been a different situation we thought was gonna happen tonight. Anyways, yeah, it happens. Things worked out. It was very, very fun. I had a good time. I learned some cool stuff. I can't wait for plasmas to finish up on the uh, POC. Anybody? Uh, anybody got some other stuff? Yeah. What? I can't tell who that is because I'm not looking at my screen, and I also can't understand you. It's uh, it's Mr. Krebs. Oh, <laughs> we gotta get the audio cleared up because I can't. I know what he's saying now, <laughs> but I. Uh, I uh, don't want to get doxed by him again. Please, Mr. Krebs, don't dox me. Don't <laughs> dox me, bro. Mr. Nah, it's all about that. Right. Was that, was that or not Dan talking? I can't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So, um, thanks everybody um, for listening in. Um, this has been awesome. Uh, definitely hit us up on Twitter if you have anything. If you like the show or not, or like the format, um, want to keep it concise, 
cool, listenable. And um, yeah, that's it. So we'll see you in two weeks. That'll be on what day is that? I forget the calendar. That is the 18th of, of this month. So come back then at nine o'clock. ER Valentine's. Oh, yeah. See ya. Be very soon. Peace. Bye. See you. Bye. Thank you.